Welcome back. Uh, very shortly, we're going to go to uh, Jamie Mackay, discuss Fonterra. We'll cover the impact of the immigration drop-off with Brad Olson and head to Australia for an economic update with Paul Bloxham. But first, the business of retirement and aged care has been thrown into uncertainty with the COVID pandemic. There is the physical issue, of course, of keeping the residents safe, a closed border affecting its workforce and the impact on some operators' property values. Our boss rebuilding tonight is Earl Gasparich, the CEO of Oceania Healthcare. Earl, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for your time. Uh, listen, just give me a, a little bit of an update. How are the COVID restrictions affecting your sites at the moment, especially in terms of visitors and whatnot? Uh, yeah, well, Auckland's obviously uh, the most uh, affected right now in terms of visitor access. So we operate a system where uh, family members can dial in and book a visit, um, and we run sort of restricted visiting times under more of a controlled environment. Um, every family that c- member that comes in is required to sign declarations and the like. Um, across our retirement villages, again, we have um, sort of uh, protocols in place which provide sort of safety to the residents and ensure that they're wearing masks. But yeah, their lives are effectively similar to what they would be able to enjoy in the community. But mm. uh, out of Auckland, uh, aged care again is is um, it's not back to normal, but we're we're in sort of a heightened sort of control environment where we're we're monitoring visitors and ensuring that you know they are not unwell when they enter our site so they're signing declarations and having temperatures checked etc. Well um, in terms of your business and obviously what you guys have been quite reliant on in the past is is a migrant workforce um, are you worried about that with the borders shut? Uh, it is an issue and and therefore uh, keeping your staff uh, is important um, and ensuring that those staff that are, are here already remain in place. And I think the government has done a reasonable job in terms of immigration and ensuring that they're not uh, holding firm to their previous policies of, of ending work visas um, and, and enforcing a stand-down um, regime, uh, for, particularly for healthcare assistance. Um, I think the real issue was on the nursing front, um, and that's where uh, nurses that would come into New Zealand and spend... Uh, the first few years in age residential care uh, and then go on to a district health board, mm. um, that's the sort of the key difference in terms of uh, wage levels and um, really the need for the government to step up and, and bridge that gap. Um, you know, the, the, the other side of the issue is the fact that we have other uh, members of the workforce that are sort of repurposing themselves and coming out of uh, industries that are, have been uh, impacted um, by, by the border restrictions in particular. Uh, coming into aged care and we are beginning to see some of that particularly in, from the hospitality side in terms of kitchen staff and, and housekeeping staff. I see. Um, I see also that you have had, uh, you've expressed a bit of concern about the euthanasia debate especially the timing of it. What are you worried about? It's more of a moral issue of course in terms of, I mean you know, fundamentally our industry looks after the elderly and uh, gives them uh, as, as satisfactory level of well-being as, as they can through their final years. Um, you know, the, the sort of philosophically ending that life prematurely uh, while they're, you know, in our facility sort of is a little bit um, counter um, to to what we're there to provide. But, you know, it's it's a, it's a moral issue. It's not, um, you know, a, a strong sort of debate that the sector is having against this, um, against this particular bill. Um, and we know that there are obviously plenty of protocols in the, and it's a very well-written piece of... Uh, legislation really that makes it very plain and clear what's required in order to, for somebody to to end their life. So, you know, for us it's more you know would we require it on our 
sorry, would we uh, enable it on our sites? Um, and you know, would would our, would there be um, instances where families would be influencing the decision? Would you enable it on your sites? Um, it's a discussion we're having right now. Um, you know, I, I, amongst our team, uh, we think you know, in general, when the uh, when an elderly person is in our care, um, it's not it's not going to be top of their mind. Um, you know, we do have residents that are in uh, end of life stages of care, um, but if you know if if they're in that uh, stage, then you know it would seem strange for them to to want to end things prematurely as an elderly person. Yeah. Well, given the, um, I guess, given everybody's, uh, you know, the, the overwhelming nature of the COVID debate, would you support a delay in the referendum? Uh, I would. I would. I think, you know, there's a number of things that have been sort of pushed through this year, which, you know, really have been, um, I don't think there has been sufficient discussion in the public domain. Um, and I think it's shown really by these two referendums that are, that are coming um, up in, in just under a month's time. Um, you know, particularly even around the um, the cannabis legalisation, that you know, there's a lot of issues that uh, the public are not well informed about. Um, euthanasia, as I say, I think is is it has been well publicised. Um, I think that's that's one that the the public probably is ready to to uh, to vote on. But you know, the, the there are plenty of sort of issues from both sides um, that I think need to be aired more than what they have been.